0: Today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Let's get started with uh, what happened at Queen's Park. Uh, some surprises in the budget, frankly. I, I, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll start off our coverage today with uh, Global News uh, Queen's Park correspondent Travis Danrage who filed this report.
1: Deep program cuts were expected, but if you actually believe the government's numbers, they've increased spending by about $5 billion compared to the last Liberal budget. There was some trimming, however. The budget for social services is going down by $367 million this year. Environment slashed from $983 million to six hundred and thirty one. Indigenous affairs from one hundred forty six million to just seventy four point four million, and student assistance spending reduced from two billion dollars to just one point four.
0: Uh, that's a, a thumbnail sketch. There's a lot more to this, obviously, and a lot of analysis that's going to take place. And uh, to start off our coverage today, we are pleased to welcome uh, to the program Matthew Stewart, an economist with the Conference Board of Canada. Matthew, thank you so much. i uh, glad you could join us today. Are you there? Yep, uh, thanks ah, for There we go. Okay, fine. Uh, we missed our connection here. Uh, let me ask you right off the top. Uh, I'm just trying to... Absorb some of the feedback that we're hearing on this. Uh, given the propensity with which uh, Ford and and Vic Fideli, for that matter, uh, were hammering away at the deficit uh, that the uh, previous government had run up, are you surprised that they've taken a rather passive approach to addressing that?
1: Uh, you know what did surprise me is the the stark challenge uh, facing Ontario over the next five years. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot of news that uh, they haven't had actual cuts, um, but it's still a huge challenge. They want to hold health or hold total spending to just one percent a year. That's uh, pretty much identical to the uh, Mike Harris years uh, many years ago.
0: And how let, let's talk about how that's going to roll out. I mean, what we heard yesterday from Mr. Fidelia of course, is the game plan. Uh, how they're going to implement that is something else altogether different. It's one thing to say, okay, we're going to keep spending down, but I guess the question all of us are going to asking, okay, well, what departments are going to be impacted by that and how it's going to affect us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The one that struck me the most with health, was health care. Uh, they plan to hold health care spending to lessen inflation over the next five years. Uh, that's Pretty much unheard of, and it's in the face of an aging population, uh, which is driving up growth and already creating uh, large queues and wait times uh, in the healthcare system.
0: Well, and, and therein lies the problem. I know that uh, the, the way that he phrased it yesterday was, okay, and we're going to talk to the minister, by the way, in just a few minutes, uh, that they are actually say we are going to increase spending. But if it's below the rate of inflation, uh, in other words, uh, hospitals are going to have to make some tough decisions here, but vis-a-vis staffing, services, a number of different things, maybe even bed closures, like not unlike what we had back in the mid-1990s.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, healthcare spending is supposed to be less than uh, the rate of inflation. And keep in mind that you've also got population growth, uh, an aging population. Uh, the share of the population over 65 is growing by about uh, 4% a year. So that's increasing demand in the healthcare system. So this, this won't be an easy uh, plan by any means.
0: When there are austerity measures such as this, Matthew, and we've seen this this play before, obviously. You mentioned about the Harris years, but other governments have tried to do the same sort of thing, federal and provincial governments. Uh, it seems as if there's a, a, almost a, a list that they go down. Uh, and, and Environment uh, spending is going to be down. Uh, money for student assistance is going to be spent down. Social assistance is going to be reduced. Uh, the, these seem to be the, the easy targets, uh, and the ones that actually the, the conservative, uh, I mean small-c conservative governments tend to, target when they're getting into something like this and they've done the same thing to, uh, with this budget haven't they?
1: Yeah well health and education combined uh, are about 60% of the budget so they they have to address uh, those two categories if they're going to cut spending um, but they really focused on social services where that that's going to see an outright decline over the next five years.
0: Uh, and, and that's a double whammy, I mean, obviously, because they've talked about uh, the, the, you know, the scrapping. It wasn't in the budget yesterday, but they've already scrapped, of course, the, uh, the, the, the fair wage project that was in play here, the, the pilot project anyway. Uh, they've canceled the, uh, the minimum wage increase that was supposed to happen this year, too. So uh, uh, people that are, are trying to make ends meet and having some difficulty doing that are going to find this uh, not a very uh, and comforting rather budget.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, but it's clear that they had to do something. Uh, the deficit had risen to, you know, almost $12 billion. The debt was 40% of GDP. That's double where it was a decade ago. Uh, so it's clear that they had to make some adjustments. But it, you know, whether they're actually able to follow through on this plan, uh, you know, that's unclear. They still don't have a lot of details. And the Liberals tried to hold health care spending for many years. And, and it was always a challenge, uh, which they didn't quite succeed to meet their plan.
0: Where do we go uh, with, with the, the education? Let's talk a little bit about that, if we could, for a couple of minutes, because it's been a very contentious portfolio uh, long before the budget was introduced yesterday, of course, with some of the changes that they have made. Uh, and, and it seems as if the mantra here, I know the mantra that the government wants us to believe is we're putting people first, uh, but the mantra, the, the undercurrent, and the message yesterday seemed to be, look at everybody, you're just going to have to learn to, to do what you're doing right now, but with a lot less money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So they they plan to hold education spending to less than 1% a year. That's well below the rate of inflation. And the number of students are still growing. So it's going to mean real cuts on a per-student basis. uh, And they're going to have to find uh, ways to find efficiency gains and hold wages uh, basically flat over the next five years.
0: Well, part of that, obviously, we know about the the number of – well, well, we get into staffing, okay, because a number of teachers' positions are going to lose their jobs. Now, I'm not so sure – the ministry tells us that nobody's actually going to get fired, but as they retire or whatever is going to happen through attrition – uh, they're not going to be replaced uh, but it seems almost uh, incongruous though when you look at an education system that's trying to get people ready for the 21st century global economy that we're uh, actually going to be kind of taking a step back this is kind of like the 1960s approach to education
1: yeah absolutely we know that uh, you know one of the biggest challenges is a skill shortage across ontario that uh, you know we have very tight labor markets but uh, companies are having difficulty finding qualified staff and high-skilled workers Uh, and investing in education is certainly important to address, address this. And, you know, this, this is going to be an extremely tight budget, uh, where there isn't going to be a lot of room for, for much extras.
0: Uh, the one word that got mentioned more than most other key words in this budget yesterday was alcohol. Uh, just, was that surprising? They, they, they seem to spend an inordinate amount of time uh, f- f- taking up a, a, a number of different initiatives about about where we can drink alcohol, how often we can drink alcohol. Uh, it, it's kind of unusual to see that in a, in a budget, especially given some of the, the terse times that we seem to be facing. Well, you know,
1: I, I like to think of it as there was almost no money available. You know, they had an eleven, almost $12 billion deficit. Uh, they didn't have any room for uh, spending increases. So they had to, you know, it's not surprising they tried to come up with things that were free that uh, they could make, you know, announce with a, a lot of fanfare that weren't going to cost them anything. So I think that's why we had had these announcements. You know, one of the other things that we were looking for was around uh, business investment. Uh, you know, business investment has been one of the, is very done very poorly in Ontario over the last couple of years as companies are, are not investing in Ontario. And so they, they did try and, spend a little bit on, on increasing the capital consumption and encouraging investment in Ontario, uh, whether that's enough to have much of an impact, uh, you know, I'm not so sure.
0: But there's supposed to be a 1% cut in corporate taxes, and they didn't do that yesterday.
1: Uh, that's right. So they, they But they did follow through on the, the capital consumption uh, acceleration, which uh, should encourage uh, an increase in, in investment, uh, although the federal government announced a similar program uh, in the fiscal update. And it has had almost no impact on the willingness of corporations to increase uh, investment in Ontario
0: so far. Through the uh, election campaign last year, and I guess even through the mini-budget, the economic uh, update that uh, Mr. Fedeli gave us late last year, uh, there were a couple of topics that uh, that they seemed to be harping on at at a pretty consistent level. Uh, One of them was to to lower hydro rates. Uh, Another was about uh, housing and affordable housing. Uh, Nothing about either one of those yesterday in the budget. That surprised you?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things we do a survey of CEOs across uh, across Ontario, and they've been complaining consistently that uh, high hydro rates are, are affecting their willingness to invest in Canada, especially when they compare their operations in the United States. Uh, just thirty percent of them say it's a good time to invest in Ontario right now, which is, you know, back where it was in two thousand and eight. And hydro was one of the key reasons for that. Now they did talk about hydro, but they didn't announce any uh, any changes at all that's going to address that uh, so far
0: what What are you hearing for when you when you do these surveys, Matthew, when you you talk to the business community, I mean, these are the people that we are hoping are going to be creating the jobs of the future. Uh, and obviously, there's got to be a certain confidence level with the government and the, with the way the economy is going right now. is the, Is there a sense of nervousness now about what's going on, or are they going to be pleased with what they heard yesterday?
1: Uh, I don't think there was enough to really change the, the tone uh, for businesses. Now uh, we've like I said, we survey uh, large businesses and investment in uh, the willingness to invest in Ontario is as it's low as it's been since the 2008 recession. Uh, we have to do, if we're going to increase economic growth in Ontario, uh, we have to do something to address that. And I don't think uh, there was any room for the government to make uh, large measures for that. Uh, and, you know, part of the reason for this unwillingness is, you know, the President Trump's announced uh, very large tax cuts, and it, it's made it uh, much more attractive to invest in operations in the U.S. compared to, to what we see in Ontario
0: and and they're paying an economic price for that. I mean, it's great to know that there's jobs being created down there, but I mean, their their deficit is is going out of control as well and there's some concern about that. But there's another impact that, that, that we, again didn't get discussed and it's almost like the elephant in the room uh, that uh, we are looking at right now and I guess everybody right across North America is looking at is is the concern about an economic downturn. Uh, we you know, we've had a couple of shaky quarters right now. Uh, there's a, I'm not suggesting we're going to get back into the recession as we did back in 08 09, but there's some concern about that. What would that do to given our our very tough economic situation here in Ontario right now? Are we at the edge of a cliff here?
1: Well, so economic growth uh, in Ontario has averaged about 2.5 percent over the last five years. Uh, already, we're looking at growth at only about one and a half over the next five year, or the next couple of years. So we're we're definitely seeing a slowing of growth, and and there's a a large amount of risk uh, for a downturn. We, you know, while we don't any kind of recession right now, there is some there's some risks brewing from a trade war between uh, U.S. and China. There's a large amount of household debt. Uh, we've got uh, housing markets uh, slowing. Uh, all of these things could, could turn uh, or push Ontario into a downturn in which we'd see uh, ballooning deficits um, and a much worse fiscal situation.
0: But in that climate, though, the concern, I guess, Matthew, is is how are you going to attract that kind of outside investment that we you, you were talking about, and the finance minister was talking about? It seems to us as if the environment isn't really, and I mean, the business environment uh, isn't really conducive with that kind of investment right now.
1: Yeah, I think that's the the big concern for you know for Ontario is over the last couple of years, the consumers have been driving uh, economic growth in Ontario uh, as they've been spending away from their spending from the wealth uh, created by their housing uh, sector, Um, that's not happening anymore. So we have to look to a better trade performance, which means better business investment. And we don't see any kind of environment and and willingness of corporations to invest in their their operations, better machinery and equipment. And if we want to see stronger growth uh, in the face of an aging population, we have to find ways to attract business investment. Unfortunately, there just isn't a lot of fiscal room to uh, make the changes to encourage uh, a turnaround in
0: investment. I guess adding to that frustration and the concern I, is is the fact that well you know the the, the new th- well the new NAFTA is I guess I don't even know which acronym we're going to use for it because it's a different one on which side of the border you're on. But the fact that that's still hanging there, that hasn't been concluded yet. That hasn't been signed yet. Uh, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Given, and well, we just know the Prime Minister met with the head of Stelco. Right? And the steel industry is kind of on pins and needles right now, too, because of the tariff situation. It's, uh, it's a rather unpleasant business environment here in this province right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what we're hearing is that uh, the new NAFTA deal, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, is unlikely to be signed anytime soon. I think that creates some uncertainty. Uh, a lot of companies invest in Canada because of the guaranteed market access to the U.S. Uh, anytime there's a threat to that, uh, you don't want to invest in Canada. You want to invest in your operations in, in the U.S. So that, that's been... Another factor holding back uh, business investment in, in Canada, and Ontario particularly.
0: Some governments, uh, and, and it started, I guess, uh, in, with the, the Ray government back in the mid-1990s, but, I mean, we've seen even the Harper government uh, during those recession years, uh, when they saw economic downturns like that, uh, basically tried to spend their way out of it. Uh, huge, huge amounts of money, went into big deficits in a way to do that. Uh, this government is uh, apparently taking a different tact here. This is basically just kind of holding on to the reins here and just say it's going to be a rough ride, Uh, but we're going to get through this, but we're not going to be throwing a whole lot of money around.
1: Uh, Well, they didn't have the money to throw around, so the debt-to-GDP ratio is one of the key measures that uh, we look at uh, for fiscal sustainability. It's already 40% of the overall economy in Ontario. Uh, That puts it at the second highest of any province uh, in Canada next to Newfoundland. Uh, It's clear that they had to do something to address the the debt. They just don't have the fiscal room uh, if Ontario goes into a downturn um, to increase spending at all.
0: Well, if that should happen, what does that do to their projections then?
1: Uh, Well, there's no doubt that that would have a pretty stark impact on the projections. Uh, You know, we don't see a a substantial recession uh, in the cards yet, um, but there are a lot of risks. Uh, But there's no doubt that it would boost, you know, things like social services, uh, while at the same time hitting revenues pretty hard. So uh, any kind of major downturn uh, would affect these. That's why they have to act quickly and, and create the fiscal room in case that there's a downturn.
0: It's uh, interesting to see just how they're going to approach this, and we're going to continue with our coverage on this in just a couple of minutes with uh, some more perspectives on this. Matthew, thank you as always. I appreciate your input into this today. Uh, thank you for having me. That's uh, Matthew Stewart, of course, uh, from the, Con- the Conference Board of Canada, an co- economist there. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.